0: Uh, I want you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 8 is where we're going to be uh, uh, this morning. And uh, looking at a, a time of ministry that, that Jesus had uh, there um, before He begins to go to Jerusalem. Mark chapter 8, we're going to be reading the first nine verses uh, of Mark chapter 8. And, uh, and just know this, that at the further along we get in Mark... That Jesus is really right now, he's beginning to wrap up some ministry because he's going to his greatest ministry which is the cross. He already has his eyes on the cross. He already uh, has his focus on Jerusalem. And he's doing some final ministry before he heads to Jerusalem uh, to do what he came uh, primarily what he came to do. But Jesus is the one that as as great as this mission is for him, he is always aware of the needs around him. He's always aware of the people around him. So let's read this in Mark chapter 8 beginning in verse 1 where it says in those days the multitude being." and very great and having nothing to eat Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me 3 days and have nothing to eat and if i send them away hungry to their own houses they will faint on the way for some of them have come from afar then his disciples answered him uh, and said how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness and he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave to them to his disciples to set before them, and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. And so they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. Maybe you're thinking right now, this is deja vu all over again. You know, uh, this sounds familiar. As a matter of fact, if you've been with me as we've been preaching through the the gospel of Mark, uh, it seems like just a few weeks ago we talked about the feeding of the thousands. and, And we did. We actually did. But this is a this is not a retelling of that story, uh, but this is actually Jesus doing it again. Did you realize that there was uh, multiple times, at least two that we have recorded, that Jesus fed thousands with a few loaves and, and fish? And so this is Jesus doing it again. By the way, that's a good prayer for revival. Lord, do it again. And and so God is, is doing it again. Now, this time it's, it's a little bit different. Jesus is in a different... Place He's in the wilderness of Decapolis this time. Uh, it's a different fi- time frame instead of just pr- at the end of a day of, of preaching. This is three days that he is there preaching and, and teaching there. It's different in the number of loaves of bread. Here he has seven instead of, of five that he had the first time. It's different in the number of leftovers. He has seven baskets left over. The first time had 12 baskets left over. It's different in the number of people. This time he feeds 4,000. Last time he fed 5,000. But the main difference I want you to see here is found in verse 2 because this is something different that Jesus says here that he didn't say then. Now, it's true then, but Jesus verbalizes it here so the disciples can hear this and so that we can hear this as well. In verse 2 he says, I have compassion for you. On the multitude. Do you realize that's the first time that Jesus has said this? Not the first time he's had compassion. He has had that, but he is verbalizing that. He's letting the disciples know the reason I'm doing this is I have compassion on them. I love them. I care for them. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. He's given the reason for this miracle. The reason is not just that they have a need, it's not just that they're hungry. But it comes from his heart. He cares for them. He is revealing his heart to them. What I want us to know this morning, which we need to be reminded of this morning, is that our Jesus is filled with compassion. He has a heart of compassion. He cares for the hungry, he cares for the hurting, he cares for the lost. And by the way, he cares for you, he cares for us. <clears throat> let's look at this compassion uh, that is revealed to us. First of all, we see that his compassion is deep. It is deep. He says there in verse 2, he says, I have compassion for on the multitude. Now, this word for compassion that he uses is is the idea of of deepness. It's the idea of a deep feeling. It's it's something that it is a, an emotion that comes from deep in the heart. It's not just a, a a random feeling of sympathy. It's not just like he saw a sad part in a movie, but he is from the bottom of his heart. He is filled with compassion. And this compassion that is deep down in his heart is moving him to do something. That's the compassion of our Lord. It isn't just that he goes, oh, and then moves on. He has a he is touched in his heart, and he is moved to act. You see, Jesus, and and I, and I know there's some that, that that want to move away from this because it sounds too self centered in this, but is the reality of our Lord. Jesus is moved by us. He's moved by us. When we're hurting, it moves Jesus. When we're struggling, it moves Jesus. When Jesus sees someone and knows someone is in lost and in danger of going to hell and needs to hear the gospel, it moves him to send somebody to them to tell them the gospel, to share with them the good news. Jesus is moved by... Listen, that's the way every one of us was saved. Do you realize that? Jesus was moved by your condition. And he sent somebody to tell you the gospel. He put you somewhere where you could. He moved into action because he loves us and wants us to be a part of his, of his kingdom. I wish everybody understood that when they, they hear the gospel, that this is a, a, a love gift of God that he's moved to action. I think if people really understood that, there'd be less people rejecting it. Because... It's, it's not just the it's not somebody trying to tell them what to do. It is God being moved, with compassion to move heaven and earth that we might have an opportunity that we might hear His heart is moved. That's the character of God from the time that He that He has always been. He's always been and He always will be. And from the moment that He has always been till He always will be, He has a heart of compassion. Matter of fact, Psalm one eleven and verse four says that our God is gracious and filled with compassion. That is our God. He's moved. His compassion is deep. Deep for us. Deep for the lost people that we're praying for. Deep for the people of Honduras. Deep for our neighbors, for our classmates, for those at work. His compassion is deep. He really does care secondly his compassion is personal it's personal we see here in 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 verse two as he says i have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat you see jesus knows who these people are he knows everything about them He knows what they need. He knows how long he's been with them. He knows that they are out of food. Nobody's come up to him and started complaining about it. The first time, that's what they say. They say, they need something to eat. Let's send them away so they can go get something to eat. Nobody's come to Jesus and said anything to him about it this time. He knows what's going on. He knows their need, and he knows our needs as well. And he knows the needs of those around us. And notice here, it's three days that this has been going on. Jesus is not all, just because Jesus doesn't immediately respond, the moment we ask him for something or the moment we have a twinge and think that we might need something, that doesn't mean that he doesn't care. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him because his compassion is personal. Jesus can meet our every need, our every need. What do I mean by that? I mean, yes, we know He cares for our spiritual need. I'm thankful for those in Honduras that have been saved. I'm thankful for those in, in through uh, Underwood here this, this year that have been saved in the midst of uh, uh, of challenging uh, uh, times that we've been going through. so, Jesus cares for the spiritual needs, but let's never forget Jesus also cares for the physical needs. Yes, the spiritual needs are great, but Jesus can meet physical needs too, and He does. He cares for everything that we are going through, every challenge that comes into our life, Jesus cares for us. Do you understand? Jesus can and does meet physical needs. He does. Oftentimes it's through his body, the, the, the church. Sometimes it's through miraculous means. Uh, sometimes it's through a, a servant of his. And, and there's other ways that he can do it. But he does care. And not, not only does he care for the eternal needs, but he cares for the temporal needs as well. His compassion is available for everything that we go through. In other words, we don't just have to take the big stuff to Jesus. We can take everything to Jesus. That's what he wants. His compassion is big enough to handle it. And he can handle every need that we have. Just bring them to him. He moves. Are you hungry today? Jesus can satisfy that. Are you empty today? Jesus can fill you up. Are you discouraged today? Jesus can encourage. Are you grieving today? Jesus can comfort you. Are you troubled today? Jesus can bring peace. He can meet every need that we have. His heart desires to meet our every need. His compassion is personal. His compassion is also extensive. Notice in verse 3, he says, And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Now, I didn't read this. It wasn't mentioned in the verses here, but if you go back to chapter 7, you understand where Jesus is. Jesus is not in Galilee. Jesus is not in Judea. Jesus is not in Israel. Jesus is in Decapolis, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is is in an area uh, where there are Gentiles there. There are more Gentiles than Jews. This is a Gentile area that is there. And he's ministering to the multitude, those outside of the the Jewish religion that are are, are there as well. And so he's he's ministering to these these Gentiles there. And those that have come from far away have have come to, to hear from them. But you see, the love of Jesus extends to everyone. You see, there was nobody that was more racist than a Jew at this time. They, they even had the idea that if anything that wasn't Jewish touched them, that they would be unclean and need forgiveness from God. That's that's the attitude that they had. They're very prideful and arrogant of that. And they needed to be saved from their pridefulness and their arrogance. And that's why Jesus went to the cross to die for our pridefulness and for our arrogance. And and that is what is going on. But Jesus wasn't like that at all. Jesus cares for everyone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus loves loves, loves all the little children. He loves the Hondurans. He loves the Guatemalans. He loves the Mexicans. He loves the, the Africans. He loves the Ukrainians. He loves the Chinese. He loves the, the Japanese. He loves them all. He cares for them all. And sometimes we, you know, we, when we do missions and stuff, sometimes it's easier for us to minister to people who are in their own country and, in, and, and living in the, with, with people of the. We'll go and we'll minister to them, but we'll neglect the people that are different from us here. That's not being like Jesus. You see, his compassion extends to all. It extends to, to all people. He has this compassion. And by the way, he not only cares for all of them, but he cares for all of us as well. You understand, we're Gentiles. We were on the outside. We're the immigrants. And yet Jesus loves us And cares for us. And by the way, I I, I love this right here. Decapolis. Does that ring a bell? We've talked about Decapolis before. Do you remember what happened to Decapolis before? Yes, that was where Jesus healed the man with the legion of demons. But do you remember what happened Why Jesus left? They told him, the people of Decapolis told him to leave. He left the the man behind to, to minister there. But Jesus left. Aren't you thankful Jesus comes back? These are people that messed up. They ran him off. And when he comes back, guess what? Nobody's asking him to leave now. There's multitudes there day after day just sitting at his feet listening to him teaching and, and everything. Aren't you thankful we have a God of grace and that the grace of God, the love of Jesus extends to everyone, even those who mess up? His compassion is extensive. And then fourthly, his compassion is active. We see the miracle that Jesus performs here in verse, verse 5. He says, he asked them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. That's just seven little loaves of bread, okay? Not, not like Wonder Bread and everything, just a little small, like a Subway sandwich type. Well, a half, six-inch Subway sandwich, maybe. Uh, uh, you know, that, that loaf of bread that is there. And he got that, those seven. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. Remember, this is 4,000 plus. To sit down, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. And then they had a few fish. doesn't say how many, a few small fish. Having blessed them, he he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. All 4,000 plus ate and were filled. And then they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Those that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. Now, listen, Jesus is not showing off, okay? He's not just doing this to say, look what I can do. Not at all. You see, Jesus is doing this because he cares for them. And everything Jesus does flows from his heart. His heart. He's doing this because he cares. And listen, when he doesn't do things, it's because he cares, he loves. He cares. He has a powerful compassion. And, but the power of God doesn't just flow just to put on a show. Jesus is not about the show. Jesus is not about just doing something big to, to attract people so that people say wow or, or anything. Jesus' miracles, everything he does has a purpose. And that purpose is to get people connected to his heart, to bring people into a relationship with him so that folks will know his love. Everything he does flows from his heart heart his power his miracles his his answered prayers all flow from his heart and the same way when he doesn't do a miracle when he doesn't do those those the answer those prayers it flows from his heart as well because that's one Jesus will not always perform a miracle but he will always love he will always care i mean this miracle jesus created bread and fish out of nothing that, that's our God. Is there anything Jesus can't do? Now, he can't sin, but there's no no power that is beyond Jesus. His compassion is, is powerful, and His compassion is, is continual as well. He, he does this before, and now He does it again. And the, again, this is... This is with Gentile people that have rejected him and Jesus still does a miracle. By the way, Jesus doesn't just do miracles for those that deserve it. If he did that, none of us would receive it. None of us would get it. Every miracle he does is a work from his heart is a work of grace and mercy. His compassion is active. And then finally, his compassion is victorious. back in verse four, I'll skip verse four a minute because I want to go back to verse four because it says in verse four it says, "Then his disciples answered him. His disciples answered him. His disciples answered him and said, "How can one satisfy these people with the bread with bread here in the wilderness? you see Jesus is Compassionately feeding the people, but he's also compassionately doing a work in the hearts of these disciples. See, Jesus is not coming to our lives to make us better. Understand, listen to what I'm saying, okay? He doesn't just come into our lives to make us better. He doesn't just come into our lives to make us stronger. He doesn't just come into Jesus comes to take over our lives and to replace our lives. Our better life will never be anything compared to the life Jesus offers. Our stronger life will never compare to the power of Jesus. He's not making us stronger or better. He's coming to replace. He's coming to take. And that's what he's teaching these disciples. You see, only Jesus can love like this. Do you understand? Only Jesus can love like this. Here, here we go. The The first time, the first time Jesus did that with his disciples, remember, he's talking to them and he tells the disciples, he says, The disciples come and say, Send them away. They've been doing ministry. They ministered. They went out in, in groups of two and did this ministry and even the demons obeyed them. They've kind of fooled themselves. Here come these people that need ministering to, that need love, that need the compassion. And the disciples say, Send Send them away, Jesus. And Jesus goes, No, you feed them. And the disciples go, We ain't got enough money to feed these people. That's not. No, something different is going on. And then if you remember, after that happened, Jesus sent the disciples out in the boat and the storm came. And Jesus came walking on the water. And after all that was over, it said in in chapter 6, verse 52, it says, For they, the disciples, had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. They didn't have compassion on the people. They didn't trust Jesus because there was a heart issue that was going on. And here, what does he say? What's the difference here? Jesus speaks out loud. And says disciples get this. They're I'm fixing to do something here, but the reason I'm doing it is I've got a heart for these people. I have compassion. On them, I care for them, and I care for them so much. I'm fixing to do something for them. Watch what, what what's going on. He's giving them a, a lesson on compassion. What is he saying, disciples? You don't love like you should, but I. Do And when everything is said and done, you will never love them like you should, but I always will. That's why he's going to go on and tell them that that, that the helper's going to come along, that the Holy Spirit is going to come along, not just to help them do better, but to take over their lives. They're going to need a strength that is beyond them. They're going to need a love that is beyond them. They're not going to need to just do their best. They're going to need to let Jesus, through the Holy Spirit of God, take over their lives and empower them and let Jesus love. Through them, So he's giving, his compassion is bringing the victory here. See, the cross, he's going to the cross here. And the cross is, is, when we receive the cross, the cross, what does it do? It cleanses us from our sin. The blood of Jesus wipes away every sin. It cleanses our hearts. It cleanses our lives. Why? So now we can be the temple of the Holy Spirit of God that can fill us and give us his strength and his love. Because our, our temples are unclean, uninhabited habitable by him and so the blood of Jesus cleanses us so that the helper can move in and take over and the spirit of God can you understand what happens here a little bit later after the the death burial and resurrection of Jesus and then after Jesus ascends the disciples these disciples that are with him are filled with the Holy Spirit of God two of them by the name Peter and John are filled with the spirit of God we know about Peter's sermon uh, at, at Pentecost but then after that it says that Peter and John They're walking to the temple one day, and when they walk to the temple, there's a man there, a lame man, the man that can't walk, that is begging for alms. And the Bible says they saw him; they saw what was going on. The Holy Spirit of God has filled their lives, and before they might not have ever seen him, they might have walked on, they might have done like they did before, just begging for alms and just said, "We can't help you. Ask somebody else. We ain't got nothing to do that." But no, what do they do? They stop. They see Him and they stop. Why? Because their hearts are filled with the compassion of Christ now. And then they tell Him. What do they tell Him there? They, they understand it's not what they can do. They say, silver and gold, have we not? But I tell you, here's what, we, here's what can be done for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. We can't do anything for you, but Jesus can. See, the compassion of, of, of Christ it brings us the victory. The ministry that we fail in is because we're trying to do it in our compassion rather than His compassion. Only Jesus can love like this. That's why we must surrender our lives to Him and be filled with Him and be controlled by Him and be guided by Him and be sent by Him. And then His love can flow through us to others. He is the compassionate one, not me. May God fill us with His Compassion. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you were blessed by today's message.